Welcome to the CX Fanatics Podcast, the show that helps D2C businesses increase revenue, referrals, and retention through exceptional customer experience. Tune in weekly for interviews, insights, and inspiration that will catapult not only your profits, but your growth. I'm your host, Elisa Connor. Let's get into the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's show. In this week's show, we are going to be talking about how to manage churn rate for our subscription services. So if you have a subscription or you're thinking about adding a subscription service to your business model, um, this episode is for you. Now, why talk about churn and what is the significance? So if we were just to do some simple math um, about churn, we would discover that even though a churn rate on average for B2C businesses or direct-to-consumer businesses is around 5% per month. If we multiply that per month um, figure times 12, you're going to see that that's a 60% churn. So that's over half of our customers who are leaving. And as we all know, it takes a lot of time, effort, money, and investment to get those customers. So we want to keep them involved with our brand and purchasing our um, products and services for as long as possible and for as long as they need. But there are some things that businesses and including larger companies um, that we can learn from that they aren't doing well and that we can give them a run for their money when it comes to being in the industry by doing it better than they are. So if we haven't met, I'm Elisa Connor. I own a company called the DTC Growth Club. And what I do is I help companies optimize and create subscription services to grow their annual profit and revenue. And so we dive into topics on this show around customer experience and how that relates to growing and scaling our businesses and specifically in the subscription model. So today we're going to talk about churn and we're going to talk about ways to improve customer retention and reduce our churn. So I always like to start with some of the um, recent statistics that are out there for businesses in general. And I found um, some interesting statistics on average. Now, if you have software as a service, these might not apply to you. But if you have a product or service business that is different from software, um, open up your ears and tune in for a minute here in case you have drifted off and you aren't listening. Because this is really important. The churn rate for businesses that have a service or a membership subscription model can be quite high. So let's look at subscription meal services. Most people are familiar with this. It's the things like Blue Apron. Um, there's a new one called Travalia. I, you guys would know what those are. You get a meal that you subscribe to. They give you directions. They help you, um, you know, cook better at home. And supposedly it's to be cheaper. I don't have a subscription meal service, so I can't uh, tell you exactly if that's true, because for my family, um, the investment for the number of people that live in this house versus us going to the grocery store and purchasing food is significantly different. So it's not something that I um, have investigated too deeply only because it's just not a fit for my family. But if there were just two of you in your household, I could see why it would be a benefit. Um, but that being said, their retention levels for customers is less than 20%. That means they have over 80% of people that have signed up for the subscription and they don't stay for a year or they stay for a year or less. Um, and so their churn rate is very, very high. 
And that is why you're always seeing ads for signups or bonuses to sign up for free or whatever that is, because people get into it and they're like, mm, no, this isn't going to work for me, or this isn't what I thought it was or whatever that is, or they have a poor customer experience, which is something we're addressing today. And so specifically meal kit services is one of the industries that really has to work hard um, to keep customers, keep them happy, and to keep them enrolled in their subscription service. And I would imagine that uh, they probably could use a little of the input that we're going to address shortly in this episode to help them decrease that churn rate. So let's look at like e-commerce. So e-commerce subscription services would be things like Dollar Shave Club or Birchbox or um, things that you're purchasing and you get a subscription every month. And I'm trying to think, I'm sure there's other ones that are just not in my brain right now, but it's any of those things that you sign up for and they're like, oh, this is a really great idea. And then you get two, three, maybe quarterly shipments for a couple months. And then you're like, yeah, I either have too much product. I'm not using the product. I don't like the product, whatever that is. Um, and so a lot of that comes down to some of the things we're going to talk about in a couple minutes. So stay with me. Um, but those churn rates are around 5%. And you're thinking, if you were like me, you may be thinking 5%, that doesn't seem like that much. But what we do is we take that 5% and we multiply it times the number of months in the year. So that's 12. So if you take five times 12, that's 60% churn rate. And that's a lot. That's over half of your customers. So if we are wanting to increase profit and increase revenue um, simultaneously, we need to address the number of people leaving. And that is on the low end, especially for business um, to consumer products and direct to consumer products, because they have statistically the highest churn rate of any, any industry, um, around seven to eight percent. And so if you if you take that eight percent times 12, that's 96% over the year, you're constantly getting new customers. And so what we want to do is address ways that we could um, decrease that so that we're not having such a high churn rate and instead keeping people in our sales cycle and either offering them new products, new ways to purchase from us, um, or more, most importantly, providing the best customer experience we can. And so that's what we're going to talk about today is how to keep people within our um, business model so that we're not always having to go out and get new customers and we're taking care of or continuing to sell to the people that are already in our our funnel. And so the number one reason or the number one way we can do this is to make it as easy as possible for our customers to do anything. And that includes to subscribe or unsubscribe or to pause their subscriptions. And there are many businesses um, and many industries who really are falling behind in this area. So let's use a personal example. In our household, we have Xfinity. And that is because after living here in this area, um, we have tried other providers for internet specifically, and none of them can really match the uptime, the speed, and all of the um, requirements that we have for multiple businesses running out of our house and multiple teenagers that live here and play video games. But as far as other Xfinity services, I don't really have a need for any of those. In fact, um, one of the things that we decided as a household in January was that we were going to get rid of our cable because we don't watch it. We watch like two channels uh, on the on you know Xfinity 
and that's like two hours a week <laughs> max. And so we just don't watch it. We we stream and we have other things. So I would think as a customer, it would be really simple to go in and modify your plan and downgrade it. And I was um, bundled into a plan I didn't really want to begin with, but because the pricing was there, we were like, okay, fine, we'll do that. So I go in and I try to do it through their app. It keeps sending me in circles to their website, to their chat, to their you know FAQs, and it's not getting me anywhere. It's wasting my time. And so now what it comes down to is I have to take time out of my day after already trying to manage this subscription on my own, and I have to actually call someone. And as you know, if you've made any of these phone calls with Xfinity, you're on the line for at least an hour. It's ridiculous. Meanwhile, if they would have made this a better experience for me and I could just go in and click some buttons and downgrade my services or pause services or whatever that looked like, it would be so much easier and they would more than likely, in my uh, world anyway, get a much higher review instead of, yeah, we'll use them because there's no other option. Who? who wants to have a business like that? Because as soon as somebody else comes in and provides the same service for internet that Xfinity does, they're gone. Like people are not going to stay with them, even if it's close to similar and they're, you know, the, your competitors will eat you alive. And so making it easy for your customers to not only change their plans, pause their subscriptions, or even cancel their subscription if they're not using it is going to leave your customers feeling one empowered, and two, like they had a really great experience with your business and things happen. People have to cancel subscriptions or they need to pause them or whatever it might be in their lives. Maybe they're going out of town for an extended period of time and they don't want to have their um, Dollar Shave Club, you know, delivered for six months because they're going on a European tour or they're growing out a beard or I don't know. It can be any number of things, but that doesn't mean they don't want to do business with you again in the future. But if you make it really hard for people to manage that and control it on their own and give them the power, the likelihood that they're going to come back is slim to none because you've just made it that much harder for them to leave and come back. You've made it a really uh, challenging experience to get out of the subscription model change that up, make it as easy as possible as you can for them to enroll, to pause, to cancel, to change, all of those things. And the better you can adapt to that and the better you can make that available to your customers and not be afraid of publicizing that to them. Hey, you know, this is easy as it is as easy as it can be because we're here for you. You not only become customer centric, but the likelihood that they're going to share their experience with others so that they bring referrals to you naturally without you having to spend additional money on advertising or other marketing avenues is much, much higher. And so when we're looking at that from our business model, it's one of the things that gets overlooked is like, no, we want to keep them in the model as long as possible, but that's not a way to keep customers engaged because that is very centric focused. And you're actually going to have the opposite effect happen where if they have to pause or cancel or, or um, change their product around, they're much more likely to change or come back or refer somebody else than if you keep them locked in there. And so just think about it from the customer perspective and try to address those issues from the beginning so that you have uh, the reputation of being a brand that works with your customers and not against them.
So the second example I have of this, um, of a company that does not do a good job of customer retention is both Norton and I think it's McAfee. They're both uh, software. And I had one of these um, years ago. And then I was like, enough of that. I'm done with them. But it was a nightmare to cancel. It was one of those situations where you should have been able to cancel it through your account or make a modification or whatever it is. And I think eventually I either had to call and I was on the phone again for hours, which hours, time is money. And so your customers, when they're having to sit on a phone and wait for you to go through your protocol or whatever it is that you've set up and go through a person to make changes, um, you are costing them money. And so that doesn't, when you're taking money from your customers versus them giving you money, the likelihood that they're not only going to cancel and never come back is much higher, but they're not going to refer you either. They're going to actually talk smack about you on their podcast because you do a crappy job of customer experience. So word to the wise, make it easy for people to change their mind, to cancel, to resubscribe, and to manage their subscription. Now, somebody who does a really great job of this, um, because I'm going through this experience of kind of weeding things through things that we do or do not use is both Disney Plus. Um, we had Disney Plus for a while. We're just not watching it right now. But to cancel that subscription was super easy. It was a click of a button. And then they followed up with, hey, um, we realized you you canceled. We're really sorry to, sorry to see you go. Is there anything we can do to improve? And they really did want to know, um, you know, what it was, you know, why it was that we weren't using it. And so I think a company that goes about business that way is has a much higher success rate than companies that try to keep you locked in because it's more convenient for them to try to upsell you or bundle you or whatever it is into something else. And then the other company that was really easy to do um, business with on that respect is Apple. And even Apple, um, so specifically Apple TV. So we uh, got Apple TV to basically watch Ted Lasso. And then I just realized we weren't watching it. And so part of that was just, you know, the time of year and things that were going on. But it was just, I had to go into my phone and cancel it. And it was super easy. And that most apps through Apple, specifically Apple, I don't have Google Play. I imagine it's very similar. Um, but through Apple and Apple Pay are so easy to just go in, click a button, and you're done. And the likelihood that I will add Apple TV back in when there's another series or we have more time in our life to watch a series is so much higher. Like I will most definitely go to those two services far beyond Comcast. Like when we cut the plug from Comcast this time, the likelihood that we're going to go back again is slim to none simply because it's such a pain in the behind to try and do anything with them. And they constantly increase your rate. They charge you fees for crap that you don't need. And um, it's just overall ridiculous. So we're in the business of being customer focused, whether we like it or not. And it seems like a lot of the bigger brands have not caught up to that mentality. So that leads us to point number two, which is we need to, as businesses, go above and beyond with our customer experience and customer service. 
Now, when we talk about customer experience and customer service, a lot of times those terms are used interchangeably. The way that I like to define the two and um, separate them a little bit is that customer, customer experience is everything that happens from the time that a customer first becomes aware of your brand or is introduced to your brand all the way through them not being a customer anymore. Customer service is when customers are already in your funnel, they've already paid you money, and it is how you're managing that relationship with those customers. So think about that as a more holistic approach versus customer service is responsible for the customer. Because in reality, if you are doing a really crappy job over here of bringing customers into your funnel, the chances that they're ever gonna get to customer service are slim to none. You don't want to uh, screw this part up over here because you want them to get over here so that they are actually interacting with your customer service team. And so customer experience has to be from every angle of your business, including um, your employees and your employee morale and mentality and all of those sorts of things. Because if you have unhappy employees, how do you think that's going to come across to your customers? It's not going to be a good situation. So the other, uh, so just a few um, suggestions around providing excellent customer service and customer experience are one to treat your customers as though they're human beings and not just a number. And this is, it sounds so simple, but so many businesses don't do this. They look at business as though what's most important is their product or service. But if you don't have anyone purchasing your product or service, then you're not going to be in business very long and you don't have anyone to provide customer experience to or customer service to. Um, and so when you're managing um, both people that are coming into your funnel and people that are in your funnel, the quicker and more professional you can handle those inquiries and questions and suggestions, the more you're going to build rapport as well as like and trust with your customers and the more likely that they're one, not going to unsubscribe, but two, refer others significantly increases. And it is so much simpler than people want you to believe it is. And I have found specifically in the wine industry, like they really struggle with this. And our little friends at the wine industry, they really could use some help with marketing um, I know it's a struggling industry right now for a lot of different reasons, but what I'm finding um, from doing research and interacting with a lot of the people in that group is that they're just not taking what they do naturally in the actual wine rooms and the tasting rooms and applying it to the rest of their business. And I think if they would do that, and specifically with marketing tactics and with um keeping people in their wine clubs, for example, instead of only reaching out to members when they're ready to sell them something else, um, instead, you know, reaching out and to build the relationship, they would be much more successful. And so when we are looking at that from our business model, um, you know, how are we handling people that reply to us on email? How are we handling questions on social media or comments on social media? How are we handling if we have a text or phone um, marketing tactics in place? How are we handling that? Most of the time when you go and you look at a business's website, unless they are, um, you know, a 
multi-million billion dollar business, those inquiries or those components of social media may not be addressed at all. Like if somebody leaves, for example, a comment on social media that says, hey, I'm having problems with blah, 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 and nobody responds, they feel like they're not listened to, they feel like why bother? And then the next thing you know, they're returning the product or they're canceling the subscription or whatever that looks like. And so ignoring the problem is not the solution. And yes, as a business owner or as a business that is maybe in the small to medium range, you may not have the manpower to um, dedicate one specific employee to this task, but having a team or um, an, a, a group of people to manage all of those platforms and all of those opportunities for customers to chat with you is really, really important. Because if you're trying to build rapport with them and you're trying to gain their trust and you're trying to keep them enrolled in your services, um, reaching out to them and connecting with them and opening the, the two-way conversation model is really, really important. And a lot of businesses aren't doing that. They're just talking at their customers or uh, ignoring their customers. And neither of those is gonna be a, a successful model long-term. And so you're gonna have more churn. You're gonna go back to the how we started this episode. You have seven, eight, 10% churn every month. And that is why you're having to spend so much more money to go get more customers. Um, and then the other component of this is that you wanna make it easy for your customers to talk to you, to share their um, challenges to get questions addressed. And a lot of times what I will find is specifically with chatbots now, um, it seems like all of the software has these chatbots that only let you answer FAQs and it's not real time feedback. And I specifically had a, um, a hiccup for a client that I worked with recently on creating their website. And they had some specialty needs. And so we were using a few pieces of software that were not necessarily, they're, they're new to me um, and that we didn't have a lot of experience with. Well, they had a chat bot on their um, website. However, when you put a chat in there, it came up with, hey, here's some ways to answer your question, kind of like, Comcast or Xfinity is the same way, but then your question is never really addressed. And then they'll say, okay, well, we'll send a message to tech support. Well, um, that message went to tech support specifically on an issue that I have been dealing with in the last week, sent it on Wednesday or Thursday, and it is now Tuesday of the following week and Wednesday. It's Wednesday of the following week. I still haven't heard anything. And so if you're leaving your customers hanging out there, because you don't have people monitoring this or you're only giving them one way to respond and that's email and nobody's answering those emails or it's a chat bot and it, the chat bot doesn't go to a live person or um, you have phone support only, but the phone support is not open, you know, during times when you have customers that need to talk with people. How many avenues are you giving your customers to reach you? And are you making it easy for them to find the answers, get their questions answered, and to move forward with whatever problem they're trying to solve? Because if you aren't making it easy, the chances that they're going to stay in your subscription service are dwindling by the minute. And especially if it's something you're charging them for every month, and you're not giving them the opportunity to either talk to a live person or get you know uh, answers in a timely manner, 
they're going to think twice about renewing. So let's use an example. Um, food uh, meal subscriptions are just a really easy one for people to understand. So let's talk about that. If you um, used, for example, HelloFresh and you got your shipment and the shipment came and half of the, the meals that you ordered were rotten. And so you reached out to customer service and no one was there. Um, you sent an email and you didn't hear anything and it's been a week and you looked and they already charged your credit card and you have a bunch of food that you can't uh, eat or you don't know if you're supposed to throw it away. And it's just been a super frustrating experience. What is the likelihood you're gonna order from them again or keep the subscription for the next month? Slim to none. You're gonna be like, done, cancel, I'm out. And if that cancellation process is really difficult and challenging, then they're never coming back. And so just walking through that process of what it's like to be on the other side of your product is gonna be really helpful. And then filling in the gaps for support. Like where are they getting support? How can they get it faster? If it's after hours, what are their options? Um, how, what is a timely response? And how do we recover from incidents that are bound to happen? Because things will happen in business that you are more than likely not gonna be, uh, be prepared for. And that's okay. I mean, I, people I think understand to a point but what happens after that incident is really what's important. And that's what we really wanna focus on and coming up with as many ideas as possible of ways to manage that situation and manage um, the implications of that situation in a very customer centric and uh, expedient way. So that's number two is providing excellent customer service and also customer experience. So if we're looking at it from the customer experience point of view, if you have people that are interested in joining your subscription service, but they can't find answers to like, how often do I have to ship it? What does it cost? How do you bill it? You know, uh, all of these different questions that might come up with a subscription service, what's included? How do, what happens if I don't like it? And they have to go hunt those things down and you're not addressing those and um, giving people answers ahead of time or having um, some sort of testimonial or case study about people that it has worked for and things like that on the front end, then there's no mystery as to why people are not enrolling in your subscription model. And that can even go for people that have not created their subscription model yet. Because if people are asking the same question over and over, or they're, they're requesting the same service over and over, that is prime opportunity for you to look at, okay, how can we better serve these people in a more efficient way? And that could be through an, a subscription model. So that being said, let's move on to uh, some examples of people that are doing this really well. And these are examples that you... I'm sure are very familiar with. One is Audible. Um, if you haven't used Audible, it's a way for you to listen to audiobooks um, through the Kindle. I think it's actually the Audible app, but it's a division of Amazon. You can go in and usually, like I don't know what it is now because I kind of start and restart and then I get a bunch of books and then I forget to listen to them. And then I'm like, okay, well, I need to pause this or cancel it for a while because I need to catch up on my books. Um, but the nice thing is, is that Audible makes it really easy for you to pause, cancel, or restart your subscription. So 
Um, you can do it all through the app. You can, um, I think you might have to log into Amazon now. It's a little bit different than when I first started it because you used to be able to do it from your phone, but I think you actually have to log into Amazon now and do it, but it's not difficult. Um, and typically they will give you the opportunity to come back and offer some sort of benefit, like you get an extra book for free or whatever. Um, and so it's a great subscription and it, they are very centrically focused on their customers specifically because there's no, oh, like, oh, are you sure you don't want to leave? Or do you want to, in fact, I think last time I um, was going to cancel, they're like, hey, do you want to pause it? I'm like, sure, I'll pause it. And I'm thinking, you know, um, I'll get through these books and then I'll be able to restart it. That didn't happen. Um, but I will definitely go back and I've gone back multiple times because there's a lot of times like for specifically when we go on vacations and we're doing a driving vacation, audiobooks are awesome. Like it's a great way for you to listen to something that's not the radio going in and out or trying to get everybody to agree on a type of music or whatever. And it's entertainment for everybody in the car. And so a lot of times, whether it's a family road trip or I'm, I know I'm going to be doing a lot of driving for business, I will have an audiobook because it's a great way to learn. It's a great way to um, just do something different that uh, challenges your brain in a different way. So they do a great job of making it easy and being focused, creating processes and systems that are focused around their customers. The other one is Amazon, Amazon Prime to be specific. Um, and you could look at this from either way, like Amazon as a product company makes it so easy for you to return or to report damage or to, um, I'm trying to think what else, to uh, create a subscription around, say, vitamins. We, we have a lot of subscribe and save stuff for the vitamins. And they just make it easy. And you can cancel those. You can, you know, you have auto renewal. You can auto enroll. There's no hidden fees. There's no questioning like, oh, how is this going to work? They just, you know, click a button, do it. And it makes it so easy for you to process through their system. And we all should strive to have a system so easy. In fact, I think um, if we were to be honest, Amazon has set the kind of the ground rules for how this should work in every business. And whether we like it or not, or we think we can um, compete at that level or not, that should always be what we're aiming for. And every business has the opportunity to do that. In fact, smaller businesses actually have the advantage because they have the opportunity to be at a more ground level, um, grassroots level with their customers. And so even if you're a smaller business, look at it from the perspective of you can have those conversations a lot of times one-on-one -on -one versus Amazon isn't going to call you and go, hey, how'd you like those vitamins? They're not going to do that. So um, Amazon is a great role model. Think of it that way. And what can you adopt from their processes into your business? And then last but not least, our um, final example is Costco. If you have a Costco membership, you know that it's super easy to enroll. Um, you get a lot of benefits with your premier membership. If you sign up for their credit card partner, um, you get benefits from both the credit card company and um, depending on your membership level, you get a rebate from Costco. And then something that a lot of people don't know is that they actually offer a discounted Costco membership for students. So um, we found this out when my kids started to go to college because a lot of college students can't afford a regular Costco membership, but they use Costco. 
Um, we live close to multiple campuses, you know, within 30 minutes of multiple camp campuses and frequent the Costco's near those campuses. And I've seen multiple college students that are in there, you know, whether they're sharing an apartment or they're in a fraternity or a sorority house with some other girls, um, that they'll go to Costco and they'll meal plan. And they're like, okay, we're going to get this. We're going to do that. And I see them shopping. And I know that they likely either shared a membership or um, they got the student enrollment discount. So um, again, they make it easy. Their customer focus, their return policy is pretty much on everything except for a few electronic items. Is like you can return it whenever. Like their return policy is insane, actually. I can't believe that they um, let you return stuff forever. And the things that people try to return, I'm like, that being said, Costco would be another great company that you could emulate some of your customer experience and customer service policies after and um, mimic what they do with their membership within your own. So that leads us to our third and final point, which is to be proactive in preventing churn. And a lot of times people um, look at their membership or subscription service as a set it and forget it role model. And you, you absolutely cannot do that. Um, these are people that have already said yes, and they are uh, bought into your business model and your, you know, whatever you're providing them, they've said yes. And now um, instead of being like, okay, bye, you know, or not, assisting them to move forward or to continue working with you in some capacity beyond the subscription model even, um, we need to be proactive. And so some of the ways you can monitor this and think about ways that you could uh, keep people in your model or move them forward into another product model um, or another product is to monitor, you know, what's going on with your subscribers. Are they engaged? Are they leaving reviews? Are they, um, for example, if you have a digital course, are they going through the course material? Are they sh showing up for live calls? And if not, then it's time to do some reach out and find out why. Because if you're not reaching out to those people and they're like, um, hey, we're over here, haven't been able to log in or haven't accessed the course or whatever, um, the likelihood that they're not, that they're going to stay in the membership is slim to none. But also if it's a not being addressed or they're not happy, they're going to ask for a refund. And that is actually the opposite of what we want them to do. Um, so, you know, we have the opportunity when we're aware of what's going on with the people in our programs to, to then know who we need to reach out to, what we need to ask. Um, and we can be proactive with those conversations and say, hey, I know you shouldn't log in or is everything okay? Are you having problems logging in? Um, we're on this module this week for, for example, if you have a program where you're adding a subscription model and you have live course meetings or you have um, certain chapters that you roll out or whatever it looks like, um, you can actually reach out to those people before they cancel and say, hey, I noticed you're not engaged yet. Is something wrong? Like, you were super excited. We are so glad to have you in the program. You know, what's what's going on? Like, did you not get your links? Something. Because anything you do proactively, they're going to be like, oh, they do care about me. I, you know, I've been going through hard times or, you know, I, I've been working 90 hours a week and I haven't been able to get on there or whatever, whatever it might be. The calls aren't at the right times. It, if you don't ask those questions, you don't know how to adjust and pivot and reach those uh 
people, in this example, students, um, to meet them where they are and offer additional opportunities to you know have those live calls or a recording or another meeting of uh, different students in, in the online course or whatever that looks like. And then you can, um, last resort is if you have, or not last resort, but another opportunity to prevent churn is that if you see people that are looking like they're going to unsubscribe or they're not going to um, stay within the subscription or membership model, is to give them some sort of incentive to stay. Um, and that can be either a monetary or percentage uh, discount, or it can be uh, opportunity for additional support or additional product offerings or um, some sort of upgrade if they want to upgrade to get more support, like you give them a discount. Okay, well, we love that you're in our membership program. We understand you need some additional support. We have this option and we would love to provide that to you for 20% discount because you're already in this program and we know that this is going to help you. So a lot of times when I'm working with like coaches and um, specifically coaches, consultants and online product um, companies or online uh, course, we'll just say online course companies. A lot of time when, when I'm working with coaches and consultants, this, this is um, an area that we address. And so you might have a student that is in the online program and they just, they're really engaged and then they stop showing up and they're feeling overwhelmed. And that's a time for that coach or consultant to step in and say, hey, you are so engaged. What's going on? And a lot of times those conversations will lead to, I'm just overwhelmed. I feel totally stuck. And that gives them an opportunity to then move them into a group or one-on-one um, -on -one coaching program. Because a lot of times you'll be going through a program and you are going to get stuck. You're going to get stuck in a, in a position where you're like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to think. And you're in your own head and you're not feeling supported. You're not feeling like you're getting the answers you need from a digital resource or a digital program, but you will get the support and the help you need if you're in a room with other people that are going through the same thing as you or with a one-on-one -on -one coach who's been in your shoes or worked with people in your shoes and they can help move you forward. And so even though in our brain we're like, oh, they're gonna cancel, they don't like this, blah, 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 and this, will, this happens in business, in reality, it, that's not what's happening at all. What's happening is that they're feeling like they aren't getting any traction because they're in their own way and they actually need more support and not to be kicked out of the program. And so if we want to look at it from the perspective of the impact that we're making as a business, how can you increase your impact on a customer by offering them another opportunity or an additional opportunity to work with you. And that could be exactly what they need versus them canceling or unsubscribing um, from your membership or your uh, subscription model. And so think through that, like how are you, um, one, becoming aware of that, and two, how are you addressing it? So let's look at another example for a physical product. So if you have a wine club, for example, I always go back to wine clubs because I think um, there's a lot of room for improvement and in that space. Um, and I think that it can also apply to a lot of other businesses. So 
if you have a wine club and somebody came and they were super excited and they signed up at the um, at the winery, they're on a wine tour and um, they signed up for the wine club and they're super excited about it. And then by their second or third shipment, they're like, the excitement is worn off. They don't know what to do with all this wine. Um, they're getting too many bottles. They don't really like the wine as much as they liked it at the vineyard, whatever it might be. I don't know. It could be a number of things. Um, but if you instead reach out to them and said, Hey, we or you know, they realize that you're pausing or canceling, getting ready to cancel your subscription and said, Hey, by the way, we have this new, um, we have this new benefit for our wine club members, which is we're going to do online tastings and you get to partner and be connected with other people in our wine club that are in your area or areas nearby or online, whatever you want to do. And um, we're going to share our stories around recipes that we're making and, you know, all these different things that are, it's just exclusive to wine club. Or we're going to have wine club weekends where only this one weekend a month, only people in the wine club can come to the vineyard um, and either stay or we partner with a local hotel and they can stay and have, um, you know, wine weekend and we're going to have all these events and, you know, whatever it might be. But figuring out what those wine um, members really want and where things are going amok um, so that you can delay or eliminate their desire to cancel. And I think that a lot of times, like the transaction ends when people sign up and they just assume that people will be there until they're ready to quit. And if we actually took the time to have a conversation and say, hey, um, you know, why, why are you quitting? What is going on? You know, what would make this, what would make you stay? what's missing, then we can then uh, modify the way that we're running our subscription program and make it more um, appealing to the people that are in there, which will then again, attract more people like them. Because there, if there's one person that wants it, the likelihood that there are more is much, much higher. So that's what we have this week on ways to keep subscribers in your subscription model. And we'll just recap real quick. So let's just do a quick recap on what we covered. Number one, we got to make it easy for our subscribers and um, members to go in and manage their own subscriptions. So if you're making it hard and you use a lot of your subscribers' time to manage something within your business model, the likelihood that they're going to stay or promote you to other people drop significantly. So you want to know if you're struggling with churn um, and you haven't addressed this, go do this first. Go figure out a way to make it easy for your customers to manage what their product and service offering with you. Second is how are you addressing customers? Are you ignoring them or are you providing the best customer service experience possible? And if there are loops in this that are broken, how are you going to address them? And can you tackle one this week or this month? Just one. Because if you can do one and you can do it consistently, ultimately, you're going to be able to deliver a customer service experience like Amazon or Audible or Costco. Those companies weren't built. They don't have exceptional customer experience from out of the gate. They had to build upon it. And there's nothing saying that you can't do that as a business too.
So that's not only going to differentiate you between your competitors, but you're going to be the standout model um, in your industry if you can do that, because most of your competitors won't. They won't do it. Um, and then last but not least is how are you pro being proactive to prevent churn in your, in your membership, in your subscription model? Are you talking to your customers? Are you asking them what they want? Are you providing solutions for things that keep coming up? Are you adapting your model to uh, meet customers where they are and meet their needs? Or are you just setting and forgetting it? So I appreciate you so much for being here today. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love to see your comments below. Hit subscribe if you're over on YouTube or on one of your favorite podcast apps. And if you've um, found benefit in this, I would love for you to share it with a friend, share it with a colleague, share it with somebody else who is struggling with their subscription model. And um, that's how we get the word out about this podcast. So thanks again for tuning in. I will see you again next week. In the meantime, take care, be well, and I'll see you soon. Did you miss something in the show today? Didn't have time to take notes listening on the go? No worry, I've taken notes for you. You can head on over to dtcgrowthclub.com forward slash podcast, and there will be links and a description to today's episode. In the meantime, take care, stay well, and I'll see you soon.